is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I'm Alex. And I'm Gabby. And we are here today with Amanda Pizarro. She is the co-founder of The Salty Donut. If you guys are from Miami, you guys have definitely heard of it. And if not, I'm sure you've also heard of it. Um, in 2015, together um, with her now husband, they bought Miami's first gourmet donut shop. And it just gained so much attraction nationwide. Um, from foodies all over the world. So she's here to, today to tell us her story because Amanda, you actually did not go to culinary school. No. So uh, <laughs> tell us about that journey. How did you end up opening up a donut shop? Yeah, um, I was in my final year of, of college at University of Miami. And really, I was just kind of like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't know what what field I'm going to go into. Cause I had actually started in accounting and then I switched to marketing, but, um, and I think it was just, I would discover that everywhere I would travel, I would go to the cool, I would research what's the coolest coffee shop. And then it was always, what's the coolest donut shop? What's the coolest bakery? So it was just a really like follow your passion kind of thing. And I think, um, it just, back then I was like, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but at the same time, like the passion had me so interested in uh, really like a self-taught. And nowadays I feel like that's huge. Like you could really self-teach yourself a lot of things, not to put down school or anything, but um, yeah, so that was the kind of route that I was going. I was like, well, this is what I'm really passionate about. So let me just explore what this could look like. Right. But your passion turned into a Miami staple. Yeah. You're a Forbes <laughs> 30 under 30. I mean, that's pretty huge. A lot of people have passions, but they don't take it to the level you guys took it. So congrats on that. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're a bit um, not obsessive in like the bad kind of way, but a bit obsessive in like just making things happen and, and making sure that, I don't know, just putting, we're like all in kind of people. And like we, I mean, like my husband and I that started the company together um, and we hire all in kind of people. And so it's like, we knew starting salty, it was either we had to be the best, like not in a cocky way, but it's like, if I'm going to do this and like really like put my whole entire life and even school on pause, like I'm either going to try to be the best or just not do it at all. So it's been quite the ride. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't call it obsessive. I would call it passionate. Yeah. Yeah. It's passionate. <laughs> yeah. But, but once you're passionate, there has to be some sort of obsession connected to it because if not to keep going, yeah, you have to, especially in a, in a business that maybe you hadn't been before. And, yeah. but I want to know why salty donut, the name is so important, right? As a marketer, you the know, branding. How name, yeah, how the branding in general. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. Cause I wish I had like such a better story than it was. I think, you know, we knew, okay, let's start a donut shop um, and just going through names and things. And really it just, it kind of just came out of my mouth, like a salty donut. And it was something that 
we didn't have any real meaning behind it, but it just stuck. Like it was just memorable um, for some reason, especially because it kind of raises curiosity. It's like, why? What does that mean? Is that because of, are they actually salty? Like, what is it? A bagel? Like I've gotten the craziest questions of what the heck it means. Um, and then for the people that like are dying to have some kind of meaning behind it, besides the real truth, I'm just like, yeah. And I mean, you know, as pastries, like you have to have some kind of level of salt, like, um, but really it's just something that I think sticks in people's minds just because it's a little different and like unusual. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I've tried it and it's, there is some donuts that have that sweet and salty taste to it, oh, yeah, which is amazing. Um, I think the one, the one that I loved was the one that had some like bacon on it too. Mm. Yeah. The maple bacon. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one with Nutella. Oh, that's so good too. Yes. Um, what was your initial though expectation of what it's actually turned out to be? Um, I think you know going into it, uh, you know, starting out of our camper, we were always have the intention of having our store in Winwood, and we had to actually start. A lot of people think that we started as just our pop up camper, which was open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as like a food truck. But that was actually our plan B. Our plan A was to go immediately into our store, which we had signed a lease back in like the beginning of 2014, and it it was delays and delays, and honestly, we didn't even really know what we were doing. Um, and then we were like, we have to launch this concept. Um, I was just too nervous that. Um, someone else was going to do it before us. And not that it would be the same, but just like, I really wanted to put our mark on being Miami's first. And so we were like, let's just rent this camper and, and, you know, do it. And so the expectation back then was always to do, to definitely have a shop um, in Wynwood and South Miami. And we knew we wanted to expand uh, to some level, but it's kind of crazy now having six stores and like so many under like leases and build out of just realizing like, oh crap, like we're actually doing it. Um, you know, you always like, I guess have dreams and goals and, um, and obviously you work your butt off to do it, but I think like it's now really hitting me. Like, I mean, six stores, like it's kind of crazy. I still feel like just yesterday it was just us like on register in Wynwood. Um, but again, I guess that's where the passion and obsession comes from. It's like, that's what our goal was from the beginning to have, this many stores and this many employees and just try to spread the the vibes and donuts as across the country as best as possible. And part of this situation, I think it's important to also like just people that are listening that are entrepreneurs want to start something new. The importance of also like the market research and like researching your competition. Like you said, you wanted to be the first in market and in, in this market. I know that the donut, I guess, um, uh, store is more like predominant like maybe like northern cities or you know yeah. what i mean not so much like maybe here in south florida but how well did you study that that competition and how did you know okay this there is a market here there's a hole that i can fill yeah because it's very definitely intimidating when you start your own business and in a in a like a place that doesn't have like let's say if you are it's a coffee shop or a donut shop whatever it is or you know whatever concept it might be that if you're the first you know the first thing you ask yourself is well is it because people actually do people even want it because is it here because maybe like the the market is not needing or asking for it because not you know not every city wants a donut shop right and not every specific area needs a donut shop and so we that's a question that we asked ourselves. And so we went out and it was, we went to California, New York, 
Oregon, um, just a, a bunch of different cities of that had top donut shops, like, and top donut shops meaning people that made it on, you know, Forbes list and business insider of like, Oh, best donut shops, thrillist. And we visited all of them and said, okay, well, what are they doing and how'd they make it on this list? Was it, you know, the experience, the product, the customer service, what was it? And so we would sit there gathering information of just literally looking at customers, eating the donuts, um, and it, it didn't even just stop at donuts. I mean, we went to coffee shops as well because we noticed in our research that a lot of the donut shops didn't have good coffee. I think it was like, it's weird. It was like artisanal approach to donuts, but then very old school mentality when it came to the coffee. Um, and then also really, really, really tiny shops with like not even one seat inside. And so by doing all of that research specific to like what we were doing, it just helped us uh, create a business plan of what kind of company do we want to be just because since we went to all these other places, we knew what we didn't like. So it's really easy. And I mean, I say I use the word easy loosely, but it's very easy to start something and immediately like or start planning a business and immediately go into the fun stuff, meaning, oh, the name and the logo and the packaging. But I feel like to really understand what direction you want to go, you have to just look outside of yourself. And so that's exactly what we did. And just gathering a ton of information on what everybody else was doing, especially because if you want to be the best, you can't deny that there's other people out there. And so we wanted to compare ourselves to them, even though we weren't open yet, but eventually. <laughs> right. How to do things better. Um, what's maybe they're not giving Why, what's missing, yeah, like what's missing. Mm -hmm. Then that could be your competitive advantage. So, um, well, you nailed it. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What, what is, what is your, your company culture like? Cause you went from having five employees to now I'm, I'm over 50. Yeah. So, um, it's actually, it's a, it's a really crazy time for us right now. So as you grow, I mean, when you start your own business and then just the, the waves of growth. So obviously our, our model is, um, pretty rapid growth, uh, over the next year. So went from one store, we always knew we were going to open multiple. So that's the route we took and we wanted to own all of them, not franchise. So by doing all of that, you know, we actually have 200 employees right now. Um, and it's just, it, it kind of caught up to us. So every store that we opened, it was very like, we were extremely involved and we, I mean, Andy and myself, um, and I mean, we started Winwood. we always worked the register there. And so we always have a piece in all of our new stores that open. And then we kind of have been realizing now one of our what we call growing pains um, is just the expansion that we're doing now. It's a bit, it's a bit tough when we can't touch everybody literally as much as we were like, we can't talk to everybody every single day and run the show. And so we are hiring more people and filling, uh, creating new positions. And it's so great and, you know, promoting within. And so now we're at 200 employees, but it's now, we're now at the part of like, wow, we have a ton of employees and we've definitely spread our workload, but it's like, now we have to kind of, we're calling it, bring it back to basics because when you hire so many people, it's because you think that, you know, we, oh, we want to fill this gap and solve this problem. And, oh, who's going to do new store opening? It can't be us. It can't be, you know, the regional manager. So now we need a new store opening team. Um, it's the, the growing pains we're in right now. When you hire people, how do you make sure that they get the best training possible, but while also growing rapidly and then keeping the company culture? And so a lot of like telephone effects can happen. So we just do our best of, I mean, we're even like redefining 
right now, just like our core values and making sure that everybody's aligned there and bringing it back to the basics of that when it's, it's very like kind of old school of just like, oh, here are core values, here are our mission statement. But we realized how important it was because I'm no longer the one training people and teaching them like, oh, and this is how we started as a camper, you know, oh, like it's, it's other people now. And so it's definitely difficult with 200 people to make sure that you're how you want the company to, to be, it like trickles down to everybody. So, I mean, I think that we've done an incredible job. Um, and I like, we are, we call it like our salty fam, like we're all like family, but, um, it always could be a bit better. And now we're just trying to figure out, okay, how could we operate with this many employees and making sure they have the best, you know, the best work life, uh, as possible. So it's a big challenge. <laughs> I think that um, something that you said actually makes a lot of sense. You said that it's a very old school mentality to have your core values and your mission statement. But I and anybody listening that's going to wants to open up a business or anything, any type of anything out there, it is so important for you guys to have a mission statement, have core values and always go back to that because that's what's going to keep you on track. So it's very yeah, important. And, and that's the thing, too, is that it was always I think the reason why we have a really great company culture is that it was always in Andy and I's head. You know, it was always what we trained upon. Like it was a almost like an intrinsic core values. But now we're realizing with so many people being hired and us like not being as involved as much. Now it's like, no, we have to get that out of our heads and onto paper. And so that way everybody else can see that, not just hear it from us. And so I feel like, I mean, if I like can offer advice is basically do that from the start. And that way, um, you know, if you are expanding or not expanding, or maybe you want to take a back seat and have someone else, you know, run the ship, it's like they have that. And that's a true representation of how you want your company ran, honestly. Um, surviving the pandemic. Tell us, tell us how you guys were able to survive the pandemic. Because one of the biggest, you have so much foot traffic going into your store. How, how did you guys do that? It's a bit wild. I mean, like at the beginning, so it's like almost hard to think that we did this before, but we never accepted pickup orders, pre-orders, anything. Um, we always said that we thought it like ruined the experience because we wanted people to come in and talk to our employees and, and feel the music, whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, and we even like limited our menu on Uber Eats. And then this happened and it was like, we had to make pretty much overnight, which is hard as like from outsiders looking in, they don't understand like you, when you, you would have to like completely flip your business upside down in one day, but we had to create a pre-order platform within 24 hours because it was like, like literally 24 hours because that's when everybody, you know, they were shutting their doors. And then we had put like these crazy, like shield thingies that I don't even know what they're called. We had them they're acrylic. Um, yeah, like yeah. With the acrylic that the door stays open, but nobody can walk inside your store. And then like we had to do, um, you know, pre-order pickups and we had to expand our Uber Eats and, and the radius. And so a lot of that happened overnight. And I mean, I think the thing that kept us like alive and kept us going was really just uh, the adaptability that we had. We knew we had to pivot and pivot fast and we were reading the market and we really had to let go of whatever we thought that the salty was going to be um, and just try to do the best of what everybody wanted at the time and what kept everybody safe. 
Um, and then, so that was like a big solution. And then of course, when everything started settling down and people were opening up more then it was like, it's so wild, but we were shut down in our stores, I think almost a year. Um, so a customer hadn't walked into our store for a whole year. So imagine those employees, like some of them never knew what we were before that. So they were hired only knowing, oh, here's the shield and nobody's coming inside. And when we took them down, we had to pretty much retrain all of our employees almost because it was like, no, now, you know, there's customers walking in. They 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 see your appearance more. They see that drink that usually you were leaving on the thing. So it's just so much. It was so much shuffling around. But I think that's in anything. I mean, in COVID, just in any kind of situation that. I mean, even hurricanes like that happen, um, adapting to what the market is asking for and what your customers are asking for is extremely important within reason that it's not going to stray too far away from, you know, your vision, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think that we had like blinders and we were just like, we know what we got to do and let's do the best at, at what we can. But I think as business owners, I think uh, the pandemic has taught everyone, like you mentioned, pivoting. Yeah. And, and it's just now it's like, OK, bring on, bring it on. Like, I feel like you can take on anything at this point. Right. <laughs> it almost feels like that. It's like it's crazy. I mean, sometimes it's still a bit overwhelming. But when you look back, it's it's so easy to forget, like when you're in it and like you're working at it and then you're like, wow, OK, I did it. And then you really just I don't know, it's like almost giving birth. Like you just like forget of like yeah. how hard it was and, and like what we had to do. It's just like, oh yeah, well, so it's really good to stop and like give us ourselves credit sometimes. But it was, it was definitely super crazy. And also in 2020, I mean, we opened um, two stores. So that was also wild. We, we had all these leases signed and these stores ready. And we were like, well, I mean, I don't know what to do, but we have to open them because everybody's hired and we're losing money. So right. let's just see how it goes, you know, and thankfully those stores are still open today. So it's been a wild ride. <laughs> awesome. So business plans, any tips on how to create a business plan for anybody that's out there listening that wants to open up a business? Yeah. So it's, it goes back to first starting. Cause it's like, where do you start? Right. And, um, if you Google like business plans, I mean, honestly, they will be like 40 pages long. Mm -hmm. And so it's like to start small. And so start how we said, or how I was saying earlier of just do the research first. Um, and as, as much as you can, if, if nothing exists like that, I mean, I guess good for you, but I feel like at this point, originality is like a little hard that everything yeah. exists somewhere. Um, so do the research and then see if it's a viable business, um, you know, see where your expenses will go and how, like try your best to see how much things are going to cost, like your startup costs. Um, and cause really at that initial phase of like starting a business plan, it's, it's great to be detail oriented, but at the same time, if you're creating something from scratch, I think in initial investors understand what, like what that is. And I think all they want to know is what are the, like, what are the goals um, you know, is it a viable business? And so that's kind of what we did. And honestly, our first investment was very, very small and it was only to really get, um, our camper operational. And then from there, um, not that our business plan didn't matter, but we, we didn't really change it. We didn't update it. It was just like, well, here it is. And, and we're going to just, we were reinvesting the money in ourselves, uh, and the, not ourselves, but our, the company. And then that's how we opened Winwood. But, um, did you I start with family first or did you branch out yeah. to angel investors? Yeah. So first it was a super small, um, investment just to purchase the camper, um, which was from my family. And then from there it was just, 
uh, myself and I and a pastry chef running, um, you know, running everything one, one pastry chef. And then, uh, and then everything after that was just like credit cards, um, you know, whatever money we had made from the pop-up. So it was a bit, we called it like extremely scrappy and bootstrap. Um, it was only until a year, maybe a year and a half into business that Winwood was open, that we got our first, um, we went out and raised capital. Well, you know, I have a question for you. Um, part of the success is the actual product, right? And you mentioned the <laughs> pastry chef. How fun was it to like get the perfect donut and come up with all these different uh, flavors and combinations because if you guys are listening you've never tried salty donut they have absolutely an array of like combinations of very tasty donuts so how was that process it was it was really fun and honestly it still is um that's my favorite part of my job uh is just still creating everything I mean at the beginning it was more just like how the heck to even make the dough um now but luckily we're way past that um and even still to this date you know actually in two days um i fly i'm gonna fly to dallas because that's where we do all of our pastry research and development so we fly there four times a year to taste um four months of donuts at a time and so that's still really fun of just like trying to read your, you know, your customers at all the different stores and see what's seasonal and, you know, what's the best sellers, what didn't sell, what do people want? And so that honestly is the most fun because what we try to focus on is really like the layers and the, of the, our donuts. And so I guess it does go back to the salt level a little bit, but we try to make sure that all the donuts have layers of flavor. So when you're eating it, it's not just like, oh, here's dough and here's you know, a filling or whatever. It's like, oh, does it have a level of crunch? Does it have a level of salt? You know, all of these things that then it, when you bite it all in one is just a delicious experience. So what's, I still love that part. what's your favorite? You have um, to have one that's like your go-to favorite donut. I feel like it always, if it always changes because every time we have a taste test, you know, I mean, we're there testing like 15 donuts at a time. And, um, it always changes. I mean, if honestly, like back to basics, I really love like traditional glaze, which is so <laughs> sad, but what happens is um, it's almost like palate fatigue when you are tasting stuff so often that is so like flavorful and just so amazing. Sometimes you just want like the basic one at the end of the day, you know, it's like when we always kind of refer it to when we're also tasting coffee, like I'm obsessed with our like maple brown sugar cold brew. And it's like, but you know, after you're having like the vanilla bean latte and everything, it's like, sometimes yeah. you just want like a black coffee. Um, so honestly, a traditional glaze, I think because it just shows the true nature of how much we put into our dough. Um, like how much focus and how different it is from just regular donut shops. Um, and like, you could literally taste like our extremely high quality, extremely expensive vanilla bean in it. Um, but if, aside from that, cause that's a boring answer right now, actually my favorite is our baked goods. So we started doing baked goods on the menu again. We did it pre COVID. We called it salty Sunday where we would like switch up our menu and put baked goods and everybody went super wild. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, we have extremely talented pastry chefs that work for us. So, and we have incredible dough that we work with. That's a 24 hour brioche. So we're just like, let's experiment and do stuff. So there's actually a, a giant cinnamon roll hitting the menu um, in a couple weeks. Yeah. And it's just like, it shows again, like how incredible our dough is. Cause obviously donuts are fried and this dough with our baked goods, we take the same exact dough and we bake it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, oh, 
So good. So, so <laughs> I am, I'm like a legitimate toddler. My favorite donut, like ever, I always go back to basics, like how you go to the glazed. Mine is like strawberry sprinkles. What's yours, Gabby? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty open. Yeah. I like, yeah, I'm pretty open. I, I like the, the you like sweet to mix it up? and salty okay. kind of vibe yeah right. or the nutella the nutella is so oh, good, so good. Yeah. but add some sprinkles too yeah <laughs> i feel like being an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur you have to have a vision you have to have a you know um a plan of of where you see yourself you, i feel like you guys mentioned the forbes 30 under 40 uh 30 mm -hmm. you guys were even researching who had been on there i feel like you guys manifested this into your lives how did it feel to enter this very prestigious list yeah, um, that was a, a really wild time. I When we started the Salty, I always, I guess it was like a goal of mine. Not I guess, it was. Um, it was a goal of mine of just, like I said, oh, that'd be so cool. You know, like that, I think if you're, if you get on it, you're like, you made it. <laughs> um, and when I was called for the interview process, I was really taken back because we just had our store in Wynwood. Um, and to me, not that I wasn't confident or like impressed in what we created, but I was just like, oh, we're only, you know, one store. Um, but then I found out through the interview process, it's really like who they, who they choose to be on those lists is are like aspiring people and like people that they feel like are going places or also maybe they already achieved, you know, I guess they're almost full potential but so that's how they they told me that they that I was picked that it's just like because I was like I just have this one store and I guess it's sort of impressive we do have this goal but it was just like I maybe they saw something in me that they were like I, I believe that they're really going to achieve what they put their minds to which fast forward now we're at six stores but um it was a super super shock because I was like I would I always said I wanted to do it and I think I I really do agree with you that I think we manifested it um and it just came into our laps a lot sooner than expected. But I was like, wow, okay. And um, still to this day, it's been brought up a lot in conversations. And I think it's um, taken me places and, and had me like meet cool people. So it's been a really awesome, awesome thing to get. What advice will you give women that are trying to get in, into entrepreneurship and at this level where they have to conceptualize an idea from scratch like you guys did? So I think it's, it's a wild ride. Um, I would definitely say trust the process. Um, you know, just yesterday in a meeting, um, I think that entrepreneurship, it's, it's like the ocean and you're going to have extremely big waves sometimes. And then they crash and then the sea gets really calm and then it gets really crazy again. And it's wild because when you're an entrepreneur, I mean, you, you technically have no boss. I mean, I always say I report to all of my employees because I owe it to them um, to keep this business going. However, like at the end of the day, I really like I nobody's there to tell me that I'm doing a good job or like I have nobody to ask questions to it's just myself at the end of the day and so and that's that's a lot of pressure and that's really stressful and I think you know what we see on social media and even my own Instagram right because I'm not it's hard to like put authentically like oh I'm struggling today you know like it's it doesn't seem natural that's just stuff that happens behind the scenes but it's like don't get blinded by like oh look this person that like even like me, right? It's like, oh, they have six stores. Oh, that's great. It's like the struggle is real and it's extremely hard. And every single day is a challenge on how to, how to become better. Because honestly, if you think that you're just, oh, I know it all and I'm great. Like 
you're not going to get past like one month. Like it's, that's not how it works. You, I mean, every single day it's people pretty much telling you how you can, how you could make a better product, how you could be a better boss, how you could be a better this. And I think what makes a successful entrepreneur is taking that in. I mean, constructive criticism, I, I hate it and I love it. And, but I listen to everything and even like comments on Yelp, on Instagram, everything from employees. I mean, that's the only way that really we've been able to grow is by listening to other people's feedbacks. Cause you always have to look outside of yourself and what you think is happening in order to just be the best person possible. And it's all about growth, growth professionally, growth personally. Um, it's extremely important. Love it. Um, And I just want to ask you just from a marketing perspective, because I know that that's kind of your background. What has been kind of like the marketing mix approach for Salty Donut? I know it was a lot of word of mouth, too, you know, Um, but there, you know, with social media and everything going on, I'm sure that you you have a, a marketing team behind as well doing some work there, you know? Yeah. So um, it's an interesting time for us right now. So I would say the first four years, I mean, pretty much five years. So like up until recently, it was just very word of mouth. I mean, we didn't really spend a lot of dollars on like ads or anything like that. Um, And even like whenever we would get and if we call influencer to post, it was just because we were friends with them. I've we've never paid an influencer to post our product. And so if they did, it's just because they wanted to or they wanted like whatever. So that's, that's awesome there. Um, and only recently we were just like, okay, now, you know, it's, we have to just stop with the like, okay, well the repost and word of mouth. I think we want to really just grow our Instagram and our following and not just Instagram, but just now way more than that. So our marketing strategy now has been, okay, great. Instagram, Facebook, like that's all great. Um, but really how do we, uh, get like get our own customer database. So right now it's really just about gathering customers information because that is extremely valuable in your business. I mean, owning the, like your customer's profile is extremely, extremely valuable more than Instagram because Instagram can shut down tomorrow and all those people will go away and then you're nothing. I mean, that's pretty much why people like that are popular on Instagram, they're trying to do YouTube now because they're just trying to diversify their following. And so for us, something huge was our app. So we, we've been a year in the making of developing our app. And it's funny because when, when people think like, oh, an app, you know, there's a bunch of platforms and you can make an app super easy now. And it's just like the amount of detail that went behind this application was absolutely insane to the, and then we created, you know, a special loyalty program. And really this app is like a competitor to I mean, sweet greens and Starbucks, like it's, it's a very intense app. And so through that, now we're pushing all, almost all of our marketing initiatives. So it's like download the app, you get $5 credit, you know, things like that. And so um, it's now straight away from less about the followers and the likes and more just about getting into people's hands of their phones and their information. Not like that, like that creepy information. No, 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 yeah. Just like, like we want to know like when, you know, when's your birthday? So that way we can send you uh, a credit for your birthday or, oh, congrats, you know, you've spent this much money on our app the last whatever, here's 10% off, that kind of stuff. So that's right. really what we're we're really, really focusing on of just becoming more personal with our customers through uh, data. I love it. And I think, you know, don't forget about TikTok. TikTok is so crazy right now. I mean, I, I know so many funny. businesses. 
all of those like reels and TikToks, like we have, what sucks is like we have so much content for that, right? Like everybody of course loves behind the scenes stuff and making, because everything we make is from scratch. So like making jam and, you know, making all, like, you know, even our own cheese sauce, like all of this stuff. And I'm just like, guys, we have such amazing content to film, but it's just like, it's work. That's why like, so I totally much. respect like, influencer and like <laughs> that like their reels because I was like you guys don't understand like how much effort that takes and like thought and patience and time like for and, 10 like, seconds I film, yeah I, for real and I film one and I'm just like I'm done <laughs> yeah like, we just we just tried to do a reel before this today and we were like what I'm so tired we were sweating like yeah. what is going on and then so you have, hard like, over a video and then guess what you have to post them pretty much every day so right but Right now, our marketing team, um, it's a girl who handles uh, all of our social media and then like like answering the comments and things like that, doing the posts. And then it's another girl who is really her boss. And then we have a CMO and then it's me. So it's just like we're technically a small team, but they it's like they have so much content, but like organizing the content is so difficult. So it's a it's a job and a job and a job. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you tell everybody where all of the locations are here? They're all here in South Florida or? No. So we have. OK, so we have Wynwood. Actually, I'll go in order, too. We have Wynwood. Um, so that's Miami. And then uh, South Miami, which is all the South, <laughs> South Miami. And then we opened Dallas. So Dallas, Texas. And then we did um, Audubon Park, which is in Orlando. So right next to like Winter Park. And then we did Austin. So Austin, Texas. And then we're about to open West Palm Beach. Uh, yes. Yeah. Where? Where? Um, in Rosemary Square. Oh, my God. I'm always there. She I live in West Palm. There. Okay. Oh, we're really? finally going to get to meet in person. So I'll yes. go visit you when you're there. Yeah, I'll go to the opening. Sure. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome time. I mean, our store, it's like we're at right now just at like we're so close just in two weeks we're gonna be we're gonna be in there training already so it's it's gonna be it's a absolutely beautiful store <laughs> it's the most detail I've ever put into a store since we've opened so it's a it's actually like I even walked in there very impressed awesome. so I'm very excited about that store so those are our our six stores right now. Awesome. That's amazing. We have listeners from all over the state. Mm -hmm. So just make sure, you know, that if you heard your town, make sure you go try Salty Donut. <laughs> yes. And are you originally from Miami? Yeah. So um, I actually grew up in Broward, but I always say like, oh, born and raised in Miami just because like it's right there and I moved here for college. But my husband's also uh Truly born and raised in Miami. Well, so. I love that you guys are representing Miami, starting this yeah. from scratch and being so successful at it. Congratulations on that. I love it that there's a woman behind all of this, doing mm -hmm. all of this magic. Because you know that us as women, we bring a little bit of a different touch to, to strategy, to leading, to everything. Mm -hmm. So so I'm very happy to have met you. And, and now I'm going to eat it even como más gana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm so I'm so happy that we were able to chat and, and just chat it out. Great. Thank so you. let everybody know yes. where they can follow you, what, what the handles are. Yeah. So we're still called the Salty Donut. So you can follow us, uh, you know, on Instagram um, and Facebook. And then for short, we we our, all of our packaging and stuff is now just the salty. It's, it's almost like a little nickname, but you can find us anywhere as the salty donut. Oh, I love Perfect. it. Thank you so much for yes. this time and congratulations on all your success. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you in another episode. Till next time. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh yeah.